to us. Fires, touchdown Miami. Waddle snuck into the end zone of Miami. Boy, tight throw, tight window. They had to get that touchdown on that play. They get it. What is up, Dolphins? And welcome to the Drive Time Podcast, part of the Miami Dolphins Podcast Network, covering your team, your Miami Dolphins. How is it going, everybody? I am your host, Travis Wingfield. And on today's show, I mean... What else do you want? What a game. The Dolphins come from behind and topple the Baltimore Ravens with a 42-38 victory. A victory that saw the Dolphins outscore the Ravens 28-3 in the fourth quarter. We'll give you five takeaways on this game. We'll hear from Tua Tungavailoa, Tyreek Hill, head coach Mike McDaniel. Talk about the crazy stats this game produced. And we'll go ahead and play another segment from the postgame show from the Baptist Health Studios inside the Baptist Health Training Complex. This is the Drive Time Podcast. That's another Miami Dolphins. So if you heard the postgame show with Seth, Juice, and I, you heard me say how many times that I was feeling like I'm just kind of getting the goosebumps from this entire show and from that conversation and from this game and just seeing all the times that my phone was buzzing with the next thing from the next person and the comments that we heard from Jalen Waddle after the game in the huddle talking about Tua. Let's actually go ahead and play that audio here real quick before we get to all the crazy stats from this game. Exciting time. Um, Family Tua uh, toys in the in the huddle, man. It's, a, it's, us, a, it's us and them right now. So, you know, he called the play. Uh, we executed. Uh, luckily, we got the win. It's us or them, he says, and on this day, it was the Miami Dolphins in a 42-38 victory, 28 points in the fourth quarter. We actually saw Lamar Jackson tweet after the fact saying, good stuff today, Miami Dolphins, Ravens going to bounce back. Pretty rare to see an opposing team's quarterback uh, shout the other team out that way, the way Lamar Jackson did in that one. So hearing Jalen say Tua told them it's either them or us, it was that us on this day. So Great to see that happen for your Miami Dolphins. And we always start with the stats here. Let's go ahead and do that and jump right in. I'm going to be fast. I'm going to be possibly all over the place today. It's 745 on a Sunday night. I did two hours of postgame, drove over here. I am still absolutely fired up, so I'm going to do my best to keep it all composed and within myself. But here are the stats from this game from a team perspective. Dolphins 27 first downs, Baltimore 23. Miami was 7 of 11 on third down. Baltimore was 3 of 10. The Dolphins converted both their fourth down tries. The Ravens converted one of three. Big, big aspect in this game, talking about the defense making some plays when they had to. We'll get to that later on. 547 total yards for Miami. Baltimore, 473. That's 461 through the air for the Dolphins, 318 for the Ravens. Miami has 86 on the ground. Baltimore has 155. The Dolphins outrepped Baltimore, 69 to 54 total plays. And the Dolphins have the two turnovers, Baltimore zero, so you lose the turnover battle, win the game. Dolphins take one sack, don't get any sacks of their own. Miami also has eight penalties, 51 yards to Baltimore's one for five. And the Dolphins had the ball for just under 35 minutes compared to the Baltimore Ravens having it for just over 25 minutes. I'm going to go to my Twitter account right now and find the stuff that I liked and retweeted because there is plenty of it on the bone talking about the crazy stats 
from this game. First up, Tua Tungavailoa tied a franchise record with six Six touchdown passes. It was the most since Dan Marino did it in 1986, and he joins Marino and Greasy as the only Dolphins quarterbacks to throw for six touchdown passes in a single game. How about this crazy stat? The Dolphins' field-stretching receivers per next-gen forced the Ravens' secondary to cover a lot of ground. Dolphins forced the uh, Ravens' defensive backs to travel 6,131 yards on pass plays over the course of the game. That was the most by a defensive back group since the start of last season. The Dolphins were the first team in NFL history with a player recording 400 plus passing yards with five passing touchdowns to Atungavailoa and two teammates recording 170 plus receiving yards and two touchdowns, Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle within the same game. How about this? Jeff Darlington tweets, how wild was Miami's comeback? It's the first time in 12 years a team has come back from a 21 point deficit in the fourth quarter. From 2011 to 2022, Teams trailing by 21 plus points in the fourth quarter have a record of 0 and 711. 0 and 711. It just doesn't happen. It's unprecedented, and it happened today. What else we got here? That's all my stats for you from Twitter. I'm sure there's plenty more out there. We'll cover it on the podcast on Tuesday because we go in depth on those podcasts. How about our five takeaways here on the reaction recap show here? Takeaway number one. It's Tua, man. Let's go ahead and start here with head coach Mike McDaniel talking about Tua Tungavailoa and his confidence and how big of a role that plays in his production and his game. No, uh, now maybe Tua will finally listen to me. And what I mean by that is, like, I've said it to you guys before, but, like, it's awesome to be critical of yourself. It is good. You know, he, he, he has a high standard for himself. Um, but... You know, just after the first game, I just wanted to see the guy enjoy playing football and understand that, yes, you want to make the perfect read and the perfect throw every time. But who cares? If you just get better at one thing, a game, you're going to be pretty good at the end of the season. So let's let's just press forward. Well, these are all sound clips from the post-game press conferences. If you want to find them in their entirety, go ahead and head over to the Dolphins' YouTube channel, MiamiDolphins.com. Go to our Twitter account. There's going to be tons and tons of fun content for you guys these next couple of days. So there's head coach Mike McDaniel on to a tongue of Iloa. He just, he just balled out today, man. It was fun to watch. He ties the franchise record with six touchdown passes, throws for uh, 469 yards while completing over 71% of his passes and a 121.4 passer rating. I cannot wait to go ahead and see where the ranks are across the league on all of his passing metrics on Monday. Again, I'll have that for you guys on my Twitter timeline at Wingfield NFL, as well as on the Tuesday show, the All-22 Review Tuesday show here on the Drive Time Podcast. But to a He had it all working today, including some adversity for himself, which, of course, is just an opportunity, right? And boy, did he take that opportunity and run with it. We heard Coach break down uh, a couple of INTs a little bit. Uh, The first one saying that the ball was on Tyreek, or not on Tyreek, I shouldn't say that, but that Tyreek normally makes that catch. It was bracket coverage, two defenders in the area. But you do see the football hit Cheetah's hands first, and then from there, just kind of a fluky bounce that went the way it went, which, you know, put the ball into tight coverage sometimes. That will happen. Almost saw a pick on a drop pass later in the game as well. So not all INTs are created equally. Context always important, obviously. But still, a turnover after the Ravens returned the opening kickoff, 103 yards for a touchdown. I thought it was cool to hear Coach talk about the confidence, how that materializes, how the way Tua has played in this game, perhaps, as he said jokingly there, you heard him say, maybe he'll start to listen to me now. And that's a a reference to not being so overcritical of yourself and really, you know, 
focusing so much on the errors and mistakes and playing a little more confident, a little more loose. And I think we saw that with some incredible poise in that second half from your quarterback and how maybe that second pick was forcing the ball down the field a little bit to Jalen Waddle on that deep shot. So it's not the stat that you wanted, and even or the start you wanted, I should say. And even within the start, and I tweeted this, there were still plenty of flashes. Like, I mean, we're seeing this offense attack in the intermediate and deep portions of the field with such great success right now. I cannot wait to see the average depth of target on his throws uh, on Monday. And I mean, we talked about 8.2 yards per pass last week. How about 9.38 yards per pass And when you throw it 50 times, that's not just efficient. That is big time football, man. That's crazy. The accuracy, getting off the spot and shaking guys a little bit. He evaded some pressure in this game and made plays off script when he did evade that pressure. That little half spin where he gets out of pressure and throws that touchdown was a thing of beauty. And how about the eyes and the feet moving guys across the field? That play I referenced earlier, the drop that was a near pick by Waddle in the fourth quarter, I think it was, maybe third quarter. You know, he looks at the flat and takes his feet and his eyes over there and it moves that hook linebacker and then he just drills that thing between a trio of defenders in a way that was so picture perfect. That's what you want from the processing standpoint, which we know this guy certainly has that in his back pocket. A pair of deep shots to Tyreek Hill. I mean, look, consistency is going to be the key. That's obvious. I know that. We all get that. I think we're all smart enough to understand that. Just as I thought it was crazy to see the reactions after the first half of not great football from this team, I'm not going to come back over the top here and do the exact same thing in the other direction, but gosh, I just hope we can stop saying and talking about all the things that Tua, and I'm using air quotes, can't do when he so clearly can do them. It's about consistency for him, but don't sit here and tell me he can't do things because today he did the things that you've been telling me he can't do. Now, do it consistently. And then we're going to be cooking with gas. But just wanted to get that point across. And Tyreek Hill talked about it, how he thinks Tua proved something on that final drive. And I mean, didn't he? The Dolphins crawl have to crawl back after being down by 21 points with a touchdown to make it a 14-point game. They get the football back, and you're thinking, okay, here's a chance to put it together. They have to punt. Then it's another quick touchdown for the Ravens. And right there, you're like, all right, 21 points. We had our chance. It's over now. Fourth quarter, easy opportunity to hang your head but they didn't, and they just kept coming and coming and coming back for more. The resolve to do that, it says a lot about this quarterback, it says a lot about this head coach, it says a lot about this football team. Tua had some third-down conversions today, man, and here's how I tracked him. A uh, 12-yard completion to Mike Gesicki on third and seven. They did not complete a third and 18. Uh, uh, Third and five, where they complete four yards to Waddle, where the forward progress was not awarded and ruled him short of the sticks. They did, however, convert on the next play on a fourth and one uh, conversion. 10 yards to go, 11-yard strike to Jalen Waddle. 13 yards to go, 14-yard touchdown to Mike Gesicki, and what a throw and what a catch that was. More on that in a moment. Uh, Third and goal with three yards to go. Touchdown to Craycraft to spin out of that danger and evade that rush. Third and 10. 48 yards to Tyreek Hill for a touchdown. Third and six, 60 yards to Tyreek Hill for a touchdown. So, I mean, it was an incredible day. One big part that I really liked was Tua in his postgame presser mentioning how there was a kind of a learning moment early in the game on the pick where Tyreek ran that curl route. And if you've noticed, he's ran that a few times for the first two games, or I should say one and a half games where he kind of 
takes the top off the defense by showing, you know, press the toes, run full speed, get them to flip their hips and go back, then slam on the brakes and come back down for the curl. Well, you kind of saw that play out later in the game. And, you know, Big Seth and Juice love talking about his recall on the postgame press conferences where if you ask him a question about the, the game or a play that happened, he can usually rattle it off pretty quickly for you. And he talked about that, how the, the first curl route, you know, the pick, they come back and that cornerback squats on that look to the perimeter and Tyreek kind of shows a little, the little uh, hesitation step and then takes off and the ball's right there for a 60-yard touchdown, man. What a play, what a game, what a performance from this quarterback. You love to see it. Let's go ahead and take our first break and come back and get to some more of these takeaways. That's number one. We have four more coming your way next here on the Drive Time Podcast. Your host, Travis Wingfield, brought to you by AutoNation. The Dolphins win in a comeback fashion, 42-38. to What a crazy, crazy game it was for your Miami Dolphins. And we're going to go ahead and pick it back up here with takeaway number two. But before we do that, I have three more sound bites. We're going to start here first with Tua Tungavailoa on the big win after that first takeaway. Well, yeah, I, I, I mean, I would say I processed what we did out there. That's, that's a big win. That's tough to come into a hostile environment like this and, and beat a really good team. Um, you know, we'll, we'll go enjoy it on the plane, and then when we get home. Um, so, yeah. Takeaway number two, you know, it's the cheetah and the penguin. First, before we break that down, let's go ahead and hear from Tyreek on his quarterback. Man, I ain't got to say too much, man. All, all people got to do is just look at the film of just Tua and who he is and just how consistent he is. You know, that last drive that we had, you know, it it, it really showed who he was as a, as a leader. You know, you know, getting everybody inside of the huddle, you know, telling guys, hey, make sure you run the ball to, you know, the official or hand it to Connor. You know, just the small things, you know, to, to just save time and, you know, be able for us to, you know, drive down the field and make a play. You love hearing that, telling the guys to get the football back to Connor, give it back to the ref, and let's get this thing going. No wasted time. Really manage those drives very well. So big part of that, <laughs> Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle. I mean, 22 catches, 361 yards among the two of them, and four touchdown catches. What? That's what 10 and 17 did today. Let's go ahead and start with Cheetah. I can't wait to watch this game on tape, and that's – why, even in a game where, you know, I think at one point Cheetah had three for 21 and he left the game with cramps, we saw it all the time with the Kansas City Chiefs. It only takes him one or two plays to make his impact felt. It stresses the defense every single time he's out there. And obviously, you know, he opens things up for Jalen to make some big plays. Jalen made some big plays when Tyreek was down. But Tyreek talking about only needing the one or two plays to make the impact in the, in the box score himself, aside from the impact he has in terms of just creating space and opening things up, well, he did it this time. Two massive, massive touchdowns, both on third down, both long ball touchdowns. Obviously, those two to Tyreek there at the end, it's going to get you going every single time. And then the Penguin, Jalen Waddle. Man, you lose Tyreek Hill for a couple of uh, plays, a couple of series there, and Jalen just took over. The go-to guy at that time, he's doing a little bit of everything. We know about his speed, the vertical threat. You saw him flip the field with that 59-yard play, the catch and run early in the game. 
We'll get to the yak stats tomorrow. I'm sure it was bountiful for this Dolphins offense. Just getting the offense going. Then he's also catching contested balls uh, on the sideline, going up high over cornerbacks. He's pulling down crossing routes, taking off. He's making big off-frame catches. We heard uh, Coach talk about how special of a player he thinks Jalen can be at various points this offseason. Yeah, that was that was today. Career high for Jalen Waddle, and we mentioned the two receivers going at the the over 170 yards like they did, and the record setting pace of the day. I'm getting out of breath here. Slow down, Travis. Tua goes 36 for 50, 469, six touchdowns and two picks, a 121.4 passer rating. Tyreek goes 11 for 190 and two touchdowns. Jalen goes 11 for 171 and two touchdowns. When we were at halftime of the late games. There was a tweet out there that two receivers in the NFL this year had 200 yards. Both of them are Miami Dolphins. That's probably changed since then, but still pretty, pretty freaking cool. Let's go ahead and get to our third takeaway. But first, before that, since it involves Coach McDaniel, I want to hear from Coach McDaniel on this team facing adversity and how valuable that can be. No, I, I, I mean, we've been talking about it. We just um, had a game where we were able to have the lead the whole game. And so I... I the night before, I, I told the guys that, um, you know, I was really hoping that we'd get some off, uh, adversity in this game. And, like, I want to see how we respond um, to a deficit. And apparently they just took me way too literal. Again, you can find these press conferences in their entirety up on MiamiDolphins.com. Coach, even in a crazy comeback victory, still finding ways to get his wit and his humor across there. Takeaway number three does involve the coaching staff, and it's about the offense, is the design of the offense and the tendency breakers. We talked about the average depth of target. We'll find that stat tomorrow. We talked about the average yards per pass. The running game got things cranking today, especially late in that game, a big 28-yard rip by Chase Edmonds. And that's kind of where I want to start here because that's a situation where let me get the phone out and pull the game log up here and talk my way through it as I do that. You're just not expecting a run play in that situation. And not to compare the two because eh, it's kind of silly to do that, but I'm going to do it anyways. You know, (laughs) I used to be really, really good playing Madden online. Like I think at one point my record was like 98 and 12. Like I was really dang good at it. And one of the things I would always do is before the two-minute warning, I would run the ball, like if there was 204, run the ball because I'm not going to expect it and you can get like, you know, an easy 10, 12 yards and stop the clock at the two-minute warning. Well, the Dolphins, they do something somewhat similar as they have some time, but not all the time in the world. And after a nine-yard completion from Tua to Tyreek, puts the ball at the 35-yard line and just over a minute to play, they go to a running play to Chase Edmonds, who goes up the middle for 28 yards when a defense is gassed and they're worried about getting beat up top. And, you know, they've been getting repped over and over again, kind of in a hurry-up system there as the Dolphins' fourth-quarter offense keeps going and going and going. All of a sudden, you send a surprise run play across their bow, and it goes for 28, and it puts Miami in this great position where they can kind of milk the clock. They have the two timeouts in their pocket. They can play it to where they want to waste as much clock as they can and put themselves in position to... Best case scenario, score on one of the three plays and take away all the clock for the Ravens. Worst case scenario, take away all the clock, kick a field goal, and get to overtime. It's just going against the grain in a way that's successful when you don't expect it. It's such a great aspect of this offense, and it wasn't the first and only, and it won't be the last instance of that. How about on the first touchdown drive of the game, they bring out this look, and I said to Seth and Juice, hey, look, there's Trent Sherfield, there's River Craycraft, Durham Smythe, Alec Ingold. 
Looks like this might be a running play based upon the personnel, but nope, it's a quick slant. Uh, Tua drops like he's going to hand the ball off like a, or a play action, and then quickly comes gathered and, and gets himself aligned and rips the slant to Trent Sherfield for 12 yards. Then they dial up 11 personnel, and you wind up seeing Durham Smythe in the game, and I think it was Raheem Mostert was the back, and they go empty, which is nobody next to Tua, five offensive linemen, five out in the pattern, and they motion Tyreek Hill into the backfield, which gets your attention, right? There goes 10, follow him, and they fake a handoff inside to him to the right, and they throw the screen back to the left, and here comes Liam Eichenberg pulling out with a good block from him and Trent Sherfield to spring Waddle for a touchdown. The misdirection with this speed can create so many issues for the defense, as you saw today, as the quarterback went nuts, the receivers went nuts, and the Dolphins scored 42 points. So that was some cool sequencing there. And I love how much of the screen game we saw. Speaking of that, the touchdown play, Tyreek got, got involved in the screen game. The Ravens were, you know, thin at cornerback in this game, down Kyle Fuller and Brandon Stevens with Marcus Peters making his first appearance since 2020 and uh, Marlon Humphrey playing through a growing strain issue that he had this week in practice. It's just an opportunity and they take advantage of it, it seems like, at every chance they get. And then also, the last one here, was we've seen them kind of do this play on third and short in the passing game where Tyreek motions and they kind of try to find their matchup and then he gets a running start at the snap and they throw that speed out to him. They did it twice now, once last week, once this week. They do it again on third and two and it was a completion that Tua hit Tyreek on and Tyreek motions over to the right and I'm thinking, here comes the speed out. He puts his foot in the ground, crosses face and Tua rips a slant into the triangle for like 12 yards for a first down conversion. So that's this, the beauty of the design of this offense and tendency breakers is a big takeaway for me in this game. Takeaway number four, opportunities, you know, some mistakes in the defense that didn't play its best game today, but those are opportunities, right? So no win is perfect. And this one was far from it. And that just means we have opportunities to clean some things up. We have to address them though. 103 yard kickoff return to begin the game. That is a killer. That was so brutal from a, you know, momentum perspective what a way to come back from even just that. Uh, a couple of INTs, you know, Tua throwing the ball in double coverage there a couple times. It's just, you know, results weren't what you want. The context you provide can certainly give you a better feeling about it. But still, at the end of the day, those are still mistakes. There was the face mask right before the, the short yardage stop and the goal line look that we had uh, where Melvin Ingram, the, I think it was Lamar was going to the ground. Maybe it was Kenyon Drake. Didn't really have to do it. I understand in the heat of the moment, you can't really control like where, you know, where things are going. But just it, it turned from a second and goal at the 10 yard line to a first and goal at the two yard line. It's a big mistake. And then there's a scramble throw off the mark to Waddle later in the game. The second pick later in the game, uh, the block in the back on that Tyreek screen that turns a first and 10, like right on the fringe of the red zone into a second and 24, the tripping penalty on Chase Edmonds, where he kind of just got ran over by Calais Campbell. Then they called the tripping penalty, but still that wiped a first down off the board. Waddle had a drop that you know, almost got picked off earlier in the game, didn't come back to the football in a, a stick route where he's kind of just standing there and doesn't come back to the ball. So all those things give you opportunities to make corrections. And then how about the defense? I mean, again, I don't want to, I just want to address it. Like wasn't Xavier Howard's best game that, that long touchdown off the, off the top was a great release from the receiver crossing over face for that touchdown. Uh, the tight ends kind of went off in this game. Mark Andrews, whether whoever was covering him, just kept on catching passes. The blitz packages and zero looks, just the Ravens had answers for them. 
and the Dolphins didn't until they did late in the game. Uh, Lamar Jackson on the run, I mean, 20 yards, then goes for Mark Andrews for 28 yards down to the one-yard line, then scores on the next play, just chunk after chunk after chunk. They gave up almost 300 yards of offense in the first half. Lamar was 11 for 13 with 210 and three touchdowns, and six carries for 39 yards would add a 75-yard touchdown run to that later on in the game. Uh, Just was a rough game for them, and they had, I think it was in the first half, eight plays of over 10 yards The Dolphins blitzed Lamar Jackson 10 of his 13 dropbacks and only got one pressure on them and three touchdowns. Just wasn't their day. We talk about the looks and the coverage and the Ravens having answers for it. The Dolphins finally get what they want and they send the pressure and the Ravens go back to that throw underneath the cushion and the Dolphins defensive backs all drive downhill and you're thinking, here comes Xavier Howard for a pick six to tie this game and he just didn't secure the catch. Like, I... I don't think that we'll see many games like that again from the Dolphins' defense. You never know, but I, I just think that that was kind of an anomaly for the way they performed. But you have to acknowledge it. You have to get out in front of it and hopefully get it corrected going forward. That was takeaway number four. Just a, a bump-in-the-road game for the defense. Opportunity, though, right? The fifth takeaway is you get multiple ways to win for a football team, and it's not over until it's over. Look, I talk about the defense having a rough game, but I want to bring it back and talk about the plays they did make because at some point you don't get a comeback unless all sides of the football make plays. Jalen Phillips had back-to-back plays where he sets a hard edge and forces a run to bubble back inside, and that runs right into Christian Wilkins, who had a big game today as well. Uh, Zach Sealer, or check that, sorry, go back. He also forced a hold that wasn't called. The flag came out, but they picked it back up with an immediate pass rush win off the edge on a critical third down stop the Dolphins got. So, you know, you can go a whole game without having much to say about it and then make a couple of plays and really get yourself on the right side of things there. I talked about Sealer and Wilkins in short yardage. Uh, Landon Roberts again, John Jenkins, Raekwon Davis. This Miami short yardage defense, I would put them up against anybody in football. It's been really good for a couple of years now. Eric Rowe coming in and stopping some plays late on, on Mark Andrews, including a big third down stop short of the sticks and then in coverage late in the game down the field when they're in field goal range. But if they get another first down, can probably run a lot more clock from there. So that's a big, big time play. And then that's the last play of that three play sequence on the Justin Tucker field goal drive. We talked about it on the post game show. We felt me, Seth and OJ like the Dolphins were going to score every time we had it. But the Ravens must have felt that way too because they were going up and down the field. And so to have them go down the field quickly, like in two or three plays, right, and get right into field goal range and then get Melvin Ingram on a one-yard tackle for loss, atoning for that earlier mistake in a way, two-yard pass to Isaiah Likely where Brandon Jones is right there to lock him down and put him to the ground, and then incomplete to Mark Andrews with Eric Rowe in coverage on that deep ball. So the way they responded is the big takeaway here. That's why I wanted to put those two Uh, takeaways four and five together the way I did and this is all for naught if you don't make those three plays there right at the end of the game and the Ravens are able to eat clock and kick a late game winner so you have multiple ways to win football games it's been a big key I've talked about all offseason with a running game as an aspect of the offense the passing game your defense has multiple aspects special teams multiple ways to win games the defense starts out like this The special teams didn't have their best start either, but here comes the offense and the passing game really to pick it up and get you that big, big, big road victory. Dolphins 2-0 heading into Buffalo, or Buffalo coming here, heading into the Buffalo game 2-0 as the Bills will play on Monday night against the Titans. Let's take our last break here. I'm going to get to a few omissions I have that I put in the notes here at the end of the podcast, and there'll probably be some more on Tuesday. I cannot wait to watch this tape. We'll put a bow on it next here on the Drive Time Podcast. Your host, Travis Wingfield, Brought to you by AutoNation.
There was a couple of things, uh, post-game segments I want to add to the podcast. The play before the play was something we talked about all year last year, right? And also I want to talk about teaching tape. There was one play as far as teaching tape goes where Christian Wilkins was behind Lamar Jackson and he chased him down really the entire field. And I thought that was so impressive as far as teaching tape about how to retrace your steps and just consistently work and never give up on a play. And that's kind of the embodiment of what this team did in this game. And I thought that was just fantastic. And then, you know, on the review before the goal line stand, when the Dolphins got that stop, there was a third down stop where Jenkins and Roberts both came up and made big sticks on that play to get the Dolphins to that fourth down and then eventually to get seven points off the board. So that was the play before the play, the third down stop on the goal line stand, and Christian Wilkins busting his butt out there to go get Lamar Jackson and flag him down from behind. Really good stuff there. Let's go ahead and finish up here with a couple of other extra omissions on the podcast. Again, there's so much in this game. But how about the offensive line? One sack all game. I'll give you more details on their performance in the All-22 review, but I thought they were pretty dang good in this game. Thomas Morstead needed a big punt late. He pins them down at the 13-yard line and flips the field. Jason Sanders made all six PATs. And I mentioned the running game. How about the, the game they had? I mean, the running backs were good in this game. 11 for 51 for Raheem Mostert, 5 for 33 from Chase Edmonds. That's 4.6 and 6.6. Then Ingold and Tua both had sneaks of one yard to move the sticks. I continue to be impressed by those two running backs. Uh, River Craycraft, touchdown Cooks, by the way. Washington State's 3-0. How about Mike, that ball in the back of the end zone, man, and the gritty uh, afterwards also, and talked about after the game how it looked a lot better practicing in his hotel room than it did on the game day field. Uh, I love that humor there from Mike Gesicki, but just the skill to bring that thing down and get the feet down, the confidence for Tua to make that throw when the Ravens dropped eight into coverage. And again, one of those spots where in the end zone, eight in coverage, like you have to rip that thing and be decisive with it. Tua puts it up high where only his guy can go get it. And Mike pulled that thing down from over the top of the crossbar. And then the coaching staff, man, Mike McDaniel, what a day, what resolve, what a message for this team. Go check out our Twitter timeline as well as our uh, MiamiDolphins.com for all the post-game content and some videos there. The social teams post and all kinds of fun stuff. You guys are going to want to bask in this victory, I'm sure, for some time. So go get over to the Twitter timeline, MiamiDolphins.com, Instagram, wherever we are on social, go find us. Also stay tuned after this for a segment on the post-game show. I'll be firing off tweets all day Monday and uh, getting the tape watched. Give me a follow and then anticipate that Tuesday podcast is going to be a bunch of fun. Stay tuned for the post-game show clip right after the outro here. In the meantime, you all please be sure to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a rating. Leave us a review. You can follow me on Twitter at Wingfield NFL. Follow the team at Miami Dolphins. Check out the Fish Tank podcast with Seth and Juice and our post-game show every Sunday as soon as the clock hits triple zeros. We're on the air. Also, our Twitter spaces show every Wednesday, 8 o'clock p.m. out here in the East. Check out the YouTube channel for Media Veils and Dolphins Today, which is also on Bally Sports nowadays, by the way, as well as some fish tank and drive time content. Last but not least, MiamiDolphins.com. Until next time, fins up, 2-0, Caroline Daddy's coming home.
Unbeatable fans like you deserve unbeatable mileage. So next time you fill up, choose Chevron with Techron. Find a station near you on the Chevron app. And after a six-touchdown pass day, Tua Tungavailoa spoke to the media, and so we do as we do here on the postgame show. We go to Big Seth, our press conference consigliere. Seth, <laughs> what did you that. think of QB1 at the podium here? Uh, I mean, it's kind of who he is. Yep. This is the guy that we know, and some people don't like that. They want him to be more rah-rah and jump around and scream and, and what have you. And they asked him about, you know, was, he, was his confidence building as the game went on. He said he's always confident in his abilities. He's always confident in his abilities, and that's never been shaken. And, you know, uh, they, they talked about, well, you're pretty calm. He just kind of expects himself to play well. He said that. We've heard that. Juice, when he was in the fish tank, he talked about the throw that put him on the map, right, right. in college, right. where he comes in as a true freshman and uh, uh, comes in as a freshman, beats Georgia for the national championship with that big throw, and he says, go back and watch it. I'm the only guy who didn't celebrate, maybe when I should have celebrated. It's just kind of the way that he, you know, they say, that's how you was raised. That's the way he was raised. Right. He expects success. And I think that there's this quiet and calm confidence that we see from the coach as well, from Coach McDaniel, that is starting to radiate and players are buying in. And it sure, it sure helps when Tyreek Hill comes in <laughs> and has your back like that and then performs like that and has your back on the field. But, you know, he's got that C on his chest this year. And I don't, you know, and that wasn't, that wasn't just given to him because he's the quarterback. He's earned that and he certainly earned it today. But that's what stood out to me is that he didn't come out here and, and try to act some way that he wasn't, you know, remember there was a lot of talk in training camp. We said, hey, did you see that? That looked like money to me. And we're like, oh, wow, we like this. Say, you know, <laughs> spicy Tua. We like spicy Tua. But that's, you know, that's, that's really not who he is. Mm -hmm. This is who he is. Yeah. And if he can act like that after a six-touchdown performance or he can act like that after a three-interception performance, that tells me that he can, he can line up and, and play the next play. He can line up and play the next game. I don't think he's going to get overconfident going into the next game. Heck, I think he's got a lot to prove in the next game, and he knows that. Right. But, man, oh, man, it's just he's more and more starting to look like the guy that we all want him to be. That's, that sounds good to me. Uh, yeah, man, it's, it's that, that sign of maturity at such a young age to be able to, like you said, not get too high or too low. After a game like that, I mean, we are running around the freaking hallways of this place, <laughs> screaming like little girls, jumping around, so, showing people on Twitter how excited we are. And hey, you Travis, just, like, I got a rep to protect now, man. <laughs> 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 he got me and him. He <laughs> got me and him. Yeah, it was just me and Seth. You were screaming like just, a big, tough, grown man. <laughs> he was strutting in like uh, Vince McMahon, that Jeffrey has the big arms with, and that's what Juice looked like. Man, but but Juice, so I wanted to ask you this because he didn't. He said he didn't know for a couple of snaps yeah. that Tyreek was out of the game. Was he yeah. just in that much he of a zone? He was always going to drop a little strength one on you yeah that yeah was that he must he must have been that laser focused man <laughs> yes. you know what i mean and just going through progressions and then you know but don't you want to know where 10 is on every snap like not only every on defense, single time if I'm the quarterback. I, I tell you the defense does that's for damn sure <laughs> they right? awesome today. yeah they sure do man and a couple great plays with you know tyreek as a decoy but yeah man that was that was really strange that he said that he didn't didn't know he was out and then next thing you know, he's got him streaking down the sideline, I guess, for one touchdown and then in another. So, hey, that was uh, <laughs> that was one of more the crazier things I've heard. And then he talks about, you know, <laughs> big-time players make big-time oh, plays like and big-time games. That's what I like to hear from my quarterback, too, because he, you know, he said, I think he was referring to Tyreek, but yeah. I'm referring to him right now. Sure. That's exactly what he did today. Got me great excited. Call. Got me yeah, excited. that's a great call. And Seth, you mentioned something I think off the air about the recalls. He was he kind of started getting into a breakdown of a play, and we just we love that so much. Especially you know I you know I love that stuff. But uh, the second long ball to Tyreek, we we talked about it in the open where 
that outside corner has like a 10-yard cushion. I'm like, just throw it to him now. Like, he's got to come up and make a tackle. And best case, I get him down after seven or eight yards. Worst case, he misses a tackle and it's out the gate. But no, that's not what happened. He he winds up throwing a, a go ball to this cornerback who squats right there. And we're th- I'm thinking about that play. I'm thinking about Tua's recall because on the pick, Cheetah ran a little curl route where he hooked up in front of that safety, and they get a similar look this time, and now they squat, and he goes up over the top, and it kind of goes back to not just Tua's recall, but Coach McDaniel play sequencing and recognizing what the defense is doing and adjusting to it. I, I just look at that play like, man, if we can take – what we learn from earlier in the game and apply it like that with these weapons, you know, you're not going to score 42 points every week, but man, I feel good about the offense when they're doing stuff like that, Juice. Yeah, I mean, the, the home run ability that we have is, is incredible. And I think that, you know, Baltimore might have underplayed or, you know, um, underestimated Tua's arm and arm strength, you know, like, um, it seemed like when you're doing that squad, the one that, the one we're talking about, the first one, was they were playing I&O, inside-outside on him, and the safety squatted, both of them squatted. Tyreek ran a heck of a route. Still, he's got to work back some more to the football. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, though, you can tell there's going to play a, a, a lot of attention to what Tyreek was doing. Now, who's the, <laughs> the corner that played for Philadelphia in the preseason that was squatting as well, <laughs> Get the ice getting bags. blown by. So you think you look at that film, you say, there's no way I'm going to squat on this guy. I'm going to give him anything underneath. <laughs> right. Because if I, if I don't get out of this back pedal like right now and run, it's over. And it was over a couple times out there. I've never, I mean, I've never seen anybody in a Dolphin uniform, I mean, in the last 20 years, running wide open like that and just running by people, man, because we haven't had that guy. We got that guy now, man. Well, there's there just no aren't chance. a whole lot of them. Right. There are, I mean, there are no, there are yeah. no. He's a he's unicorn He's kind of a one-of-one, sure. one, isn't he? He's a unicorn for sure. I don't so, know, 17 might have something to say about that. Well, he's a different type of animal. Sure, sure. And they both played completely different games today, man. It was, and both so effective, Gosh, man. it's so it much was, fun to watch. You know, we, we talked about this, and we, we said it a long time ago. Tyreek's numbers might not tell you what, a, what an impact he's yeah. having. But look at Waddle's numbers. With I mean, today it does. Stop, stop laughing, Seth. I know today's, <laughs> number. I know today's numbers do. I know what today's numbers do. <laughs> but the, the, the impact that Waddle was able to have because of Tyreek being on the field was incredible today. And Waddle, he took advantage of it too. Waddle got a few more one-on-one opportunities. Then when Tyreek went out, you saw Waddle get a lot more attention. You know, so that's why you have to. We talk about defense picking their poison. You're gonna double one. And lead the other one one on one, or vice versa. So these guys are going out there, especially in that second half, winning in whatever the one on one was, and making some tough catches. And I mean, let's go back to your boy Tua. He fit some balls in there today. I mean, he fit some some incredible balls in there. I think the best ball is one that was dropped when he when he looked off, looked wide, Man, and turned. Man, that was a beautiful and, and, pass. He threw some great balls. By the balls way, Waddle would have been over 200 if he oh, caught that. But that's okay. <laughs> but that's okay. You know, those two guys are collected. They're each closing in on 300 yards receiving in two games. Oh, my goodness. So just know that. And let me say this. I know we got to go to break soon. But I wrote this I wrote this down before we even got here. And, and I'm not saying that to, like, you know, pat myself on the back. But I was looking through the press release that the, the Dolphins communications team put together. And they have a stat. Best QB win percentage in the first 22 career stat, uh, starts. Right since 2017, the top five guys: Lamar Jackson, Patrick Mahomes, Tua, Deshaun Watson, Josh Allen. Okay, Tua's sitting there at third with 14 and eight. He's now 15 and eight, but yet he's been criticized. No player has taken more heat than this guy. And look at those other guys. Some of those guys are talking about you know Hall of Fame careers, and he's winning. Juice, what's more important as a starting quarterback than your win-loss record? Nothing. Nothing at all. Not one thing. Nothing at all. 
I, I'm just tired of the yeah, but about uh, look, there are things that he needs to continuously improve upon. Every player does. And I know that, you know, some people sat there and watched Herbert and, you know, he's electrifying with some of the throws that he makes and what have you, even in a loss. I know that there's been some sports writers around the country that have said, oh, certain teams have dodged a bullet. Went to the guy keeps winning. He's finding a way to win. His team's rallying around him. He threw for 400 plus yards and six touchdowns. I, I, I mean, I don't know what else you want from the guy. That, that's very well said. And I'm, I'll finish up with this because I just don't want to hear any more the things that he can't do that he did today. Like, and we'll talk about consistency, which is obviously the most important thing. You have to do it week after week in this league. Otherwise, you, and in the cold. You're, in, you're exactly you're an also ran. But I mean, I, I just don't want to hear any more that he can't throw deep, that he can't, you know, spin out of a free rusher like. He's done these things. It, it might not be like every dang snap, but he's done it, cons- like not consistently, but enough times where you can say he has that in his game. I even tweeted before the game was, you know, got back in the Dolphins' favor that despite the two picks, he's shown some flashes today. And Juice mentioned the ball into that triangle where he moved the defender with his eyes and came back to it. You talk about the, the kind of moxie to win these games late like this. Like, can we just keep him on the same plane as everybody else with the same? level of evaluation where it's like well he made some great plays had some down stuff but still a pretty good game that's what i hope i don't expect it like you said seth but that was a fun segment talking about qb1 there we have a lot more to come your guys's way we still have to hear from head coach mike mcdaniel that's the first time we ever had the quarterback before the coach on the show here which we throw six touchdown passes kind of how it goes we'll do that next plus plenty plenty more i know juice has some plays he wants to talk about dolphins post game is driven by gunther mazda for car buying done your way you've got to get to gunther mazda again the final score from baltimore Dolphins 42, Ravens 38. You're listening to the Miami Dolphins Radio Network brought to you by the Palm Beaches.